0: Welcome to A Writer in Italy, the podcast. I am your host, Michelle Johnston, and this is a little share in the world of travel, books, art, and lifestyle. I live in Australia, yet have long had an attraction to the Mediterranean countries for as long as I can remember. This inspiration has fueled my creative life, and given me incredible joy over the years as an artist and a writer. And that is why I have created these shares on journeys that have been made, books that I have loved, and cooking adventures inspired by wonderful food writers. You can find all show notes at michellejohnston.life and follow me on Instagram at a writer in Italy, where you can find all of the meanderings and indeed the lure of Italy as the ultimate muse. Thank you for joining me. I love having you here for the journey of Muse Italia. Welcome back to the podcast. I had an idea recently after a little chit chat on Instagram about sharing my process for art journaling and travel diary journaling so if you are the kind of person that likes a little keepsake after a travel experience or if you're just looking for a creative project creating a travel journal is really fun and I kind of think that creativity is one of the most important things we experience in our lives I think there is so much joy that comes from it that overflows And I say that because every time you create something, there is definitely a ripple effect. And there's this theory around creativity that you're either creating or destroying. So anytime you're creative, basically you're sending out good vibes. And I think even if nobody looks at it, you look at it and you feel good. So that sends out good vibes. Right. And so there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And I thought about the reasons why you might want to create a journal after traveling. And one of the big ones is to really fortify that experience and to really anchor it into a book. And we can do these things really easy these days. Like you could even do it over a an app where you might want to just create like a book and get it printed off. They're okay. They're a bit of fun and they look good. There's no doubt. I like making it more personable and the sense that I like handwritten words and scrawling and maybe a few mistakes because inevitably that will happen. And so in the past, I have done a lot of art journaling. I was kind of obsessed with it for about 15 years. And these were like mixed media, collage, photography, poetry, all that kind of jazz, all thrown together on a page lots of fun, lots of colour, and I think that's a really beautiful thing to do too if you want something that's really in your face and busy. And so I did that for years and I loved it. I was really inspired by the artist and the writer Sabrina Ward-Harrison and her journals like Spilling Open and Brave on the Rocks and I just loved how she collaged and created this real mixed media journey on the page and so after reading her work for a few years around the time my girls were probably four and then one of them was born in the middle of it I created my own book Woman on the Verge and Woman on the Verge was all about the journey of creativity and art and unfolding and kind of saying yes to myself And being subject, like really owning it on the page, I was deeply inspired by her work and thought, oh, I can create my own book. And inevitably I did. It took me a few years. I actually had it with a publishing house for a little while. They were kind of scrapbooking oriented, not so much book arts, not a proper publishing house, and they kept it there for a while. And then I got the rights back off that, and then I just went ahead and published it myself and then I put it in loads of stores, like art stores, bookstores. I had to do a lot of the roadwork myself, the foot, the footwork. And this was way before I even became aware of social media or became even interested in it. So it was all good because all of my books always sold. So wherever they were, they sold. And I've still got a few boxes in the attic that are there. I can actually see them selling at some point. I don't know when, but I know they'll roll away. At some stage, it's kind of like a limited edition book now, as far as I'm concerned, and very much encompasses motherhood, creativity, femininity, art. And I kind of share my art journals, I guess. They cover lots of things. And it's not just about motherhood by any means, but certainly images of my kids when they were young are in the book. So there's all sorts of things going on in there and it's very beautiful and quite the kaleidoscope of life. So anyway, I've moved on from the business of that kind of page and I guess maybe it comes with getting older. You just start to want it to be a little simpler. When I went on the journey in 2022 to Italy in April, I knew I was going to do a book and I imagined it was going to be something else like more uh, more just prose. Anyway, later last year, I just thought, oh, I might do a journal, a travel journal. And so I went to the art store. Well, first, I was inspired by this book. Uh, I think her name is Rachel McKenna, and I will put this in the show notes, so don't worry. But she did this gorgeous book on French cats all of her gorgeous black and white photography. There's this page in there where she just has like Polaroid shots and just really simple writing where she's just got the photo and then just written something right next to it. And there was just something about the simplicity of this work and the fact that it was outlined. And I, like, I was like, right, I'm going to do a journal just like that. Lo and behold, I did. And so I thought I'd share... A little about how to do one yourself and what I did, and some of the ways to make it easier for yourself. And the reason I wanted to share it is because it's not that hard. And it seems like, oh, it's a lot of work, or like who has the time or whatever. But I've been working on this journal for at least six months. I'm not even finished, but it's not really about that. It's more the process. And, you know, there will be a beautiful end result at some point. So sometimes I might only write a couple of pages a week. Sometimes I just don't do anything, and then other times I'll be like, oh, I'm going to play around with this. My theory with this particular work was to just get a beautiful art journal, in this case a hardcover, and one that has watercolour papers really good because it's a little thicker and can handle writing on both sides, and I would say like a smooth paper. Or you could get what they call an artist's sketchbook, They're really cool too because they are meant to have mixed media in them or they're meant to have watercolors and painting and drawing and writing. They're meant to encompass all sorts of media. So I just got myself one that is kind of a medium-sized book and beautiful ivory-coloured pages. And I like the ivory over white because there's something a little warmer about the pages. And then I bought some beautiful black pens and I like to use ones that are, that are waterproof. And I like using a nib that's around 0.7. So it's a little thicker on the end point. You know, like if you use a felt pen, they're usually around 0.4. I think you need something a little heavier in an art journal. Although obviously it's up to you and what you like to write with. I love writing with a felt pen, but I just found that for this kind of work, a little bit chunkier is useful. And it seems to create more of a contrast as well. I got the book and a, and a pen. Now, once you find a favorite pen that you want to use, go and buy three more because they do run out and it's annoying when they run out like in the middle of the art and they start fading because that's what happened to me on a few of my pages where you could see the pen was fading off but I was really in the process and I didn't want to stop. So it's useful when you find a pen that you really like to go and buy three or four more because it will take a while to fill up an art journal or a travel journal. Here's some suggestions around photos. Now, I don't know about you, but to be honest, I haven't printed off real photos for years and years. And there's one simple reason. I'm completely overwhelmed. There is too many on my phone now. And so I decided to just put about 40 photos into an album on my iPhone and just print those off first. And I'll tell you why there's an advantage to doing it this way. The reason it works is because one, you don't spend hours and hours creating an album and two, something happens along the way. You build momentum because this is all a little bit of a project. You don't want to be overwhelmed from the start. You just want to print off maybe 20 or 30 pictures because it's actually going to take you a little while to write about 20 or 30 pictures. And if you look at my show notes, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about because for me, mostly I just put one picture on one page. Like I said, I just wanted the journal to be simple and it's a very busy page still because I have like a four by six photograph and then I'm writing all around it. And naturally, I obviously am a writing type of person and I've written journals for years like diaries or travel journals or whatever, but that was my vision also for how I wanted the book to look. I wanted it to be just a photograph with words all around it, no matter where I pasted the photograph on the page. And so the reason I think it's a good idea just to get 20 or 30 pictures or 40 or 50 to start off with is because you'll go and do it and I'll give you something else I sat down one morning because like I said, I would get really overwhelmed with all the photographs and I literally just had the album. And then I went on to a photo, a photo printing app and uploaded those photos. And it took 10 minutes, if that, by the time I paid for it and uploaded them into gloss or matte or whatever. And the beautiful thing was I was actually going into the city that day. And so those photos were ready in two hours And I was already going into the city, so it was no hassle. And obviously, you can go into the shop and do it, but you these days mostly can do it all on your phone. And then, you know, you just sign up and get an account and then upload the photos. I arrived, they were being printed off when I got there. And I was like, what a miracle. And none of it was too hard. Don't be afraid to just do 20 or 30 pictures at a time and then see how you go. So that's the way I did it, just by creating an album on the phone dumping a few in there that I really loved. So starting off with your favorites. And I'll explain more about that in a minute, because you might be wondering, have I done this chronological? And there's a reason I haven't. It's because I knew if I just did it in the way the experience happened, I would get too perfectionistic around it. I would get stuck. I wouldn't start because I needed this photo and I needed this photo and this happened first and this happened second. So what I've done is let's just say, for example, this trip started in Milano. I did about four pictures of Milano that I loved because I've got a few favorites. And so I journaled around those first. And then I had about six that I loved of Venice. And so that came next. And what begins to happen is it all just starts to look really good anyway. So, and you know what's chronological or not. And obviously, if you want to do it that way. You could label every page and say, what photo you are going to put there? And then, you know, just get a lead pencil and write down on every single blank page, what photo is going there. If you have it set up that way and you know exactly what you want to do. I am a little more spontaneous, I guess. And I only do it that way is because I will get blocked. Like I'll just be like, Oh, it's too hard. I won't come back to it. And it's because I have so many creative projects on the go. And that's the way I like to flow in all truth. I love having lots of different things that I'm doing. And I do get them finished. So, I mean, I've had to push myself recently and say, you know, no more starting things until things have been completed. And that's a great thing to do when you're ultra creative. However, this is just a nice side project. I mean, I could publish this as a book. It's very beautiful in its own way. And it's very personal stories. So, you know, sometimes I just say, things that happened, and then sometimes I might talk about the place and the history of the place It really is up to the moment and the mood of the day when I do the actual art page. And so just get some photos printed to start with. Buy a book and a pen that you like to write with and make sure, now what I would suggest before you start writing in the journal, use the pen on a page of similar quality and make sure you're really happy with it because what will happen is if you just start writing on it then you don't like the feel of the pen or the way the ink's landing on the page you'll get annoyed so make sure you're happy with that at first there's something else you're going to need and that's going to be a pair of scissors and some of that double-sided sticky tape that's only a few mils and you can get that at art shops and you can also get it in most of those kind of reject thrifty shops these days You can also usually get it at your supermarket in the stationery department now. So it's like a double-sided tape and then you just use that to stick the photos on the page. I don't use glue because it gets a little messy and wet and double-sided sticky tape works a treat to stick the photos on. You can also buy like photo dots and things like that from craft stores. So if you want to get really particular, you can go down that road. I find the double-sided tape and you just cut it to your requirement. I usually just put like two centimeters in each corner and then put the photograph down and that works a treat. So you don't need to get too fancy, but if you want to go all the way, get the photo dots or just use that lovely double-sided tape. And honestly, you can get lots of different widths. I use one that's about probably eight mil and then I just cut it to suit the length that I want on the back of the photograph And it does help to use a little bit on the back of the photograph because you don't want it to kind of have any parts that are open. You know, you want that photograph to be sealed on the page and it's not moving. So that's what works for me. And you can go and have a little look at my show notes. I'll put down a photo of all of the supplies I use. Then it's just have fun and enjoy the journey of creating pages And in particular, I'll go back to what I was talking about. This time around, I didn't want it to be exceptionally busy with visual. I just wanted to have one photo on each page so that each page sort of stood out to me and that each photograph had its moment in the sun in a way. And so I've only picked photos that are real favorites, that I really loved the colors and the actual image and what it meant to me. And I obviously have taken tons of photos on those particular journeys. I have way too many to pick from, so it's crazy. But that's a good thing at the end of the day. And I'll tell you something else. The beauty of this project is after doing 20 or 30 pages, you build momentum and then you get more ideas and you think, oh, I would like to include this particular picture. And you might go back into your phone or your wherever you hold all your photos and go, oh, I'll add this in. I'll talk about this as well. And my travel journals, like I like to include everything. I like to include photos of the coffee I'm drinking, the maps, the croissant, you know, the Cornetto or the food that I had for lunch if it was a special photo I took. I mean, I don't go crazy with food shots because I don't want it to be a food diary. I mix it up all the way through. So you'll get the photos of the architecture, you'll get photos of the sea, you'll get photos of people around me or that moment in time. And then there'll be like a Venetian canal picture and the colors of the walls and the and the colors of the lagoon. So there's a real contrast going on. And I also think that when you keep the photos together of the theme, for example, Venice, a lot of the photos have these beautiful pinks and corals and tangerine colors. And then I noticed there's a lot of like teal watercolors. So you get this real rhythm in the photography. I think it helps when you have that open page that I'm going to have one photo on each side, that there's an element of color synchronization. I think it makes the pages look better. If you use a photo that has some kind of color harmony going on with the opposite side. I have noticed it makes for a better journal or a better visual aesthetic. I like things to be, you know, happy to the eye, I guess, or, you know, harmonious to the eye, you could say. So you'll see when I've published some of my work on the blog or on the show notes that a lot of the pictures I've picked, the color elements are synchronizing, you could say. And so if you want something to look kind of really pretty and aesthetically pleasing, use photographs that have similar colors. They might have a different theme, but there's some element where it's harmonizing with the other side of the page. You'll see what I mean when you look at my show notes. And if you go and have a look at the pages that I'm going to publish online, you'll get a vibe of what I'm talking about. I just find it makes for a really beautiful flow through the book and Yes, I do like things to be aesthetically pleasing, no doubt. And so I'll read a few pages because when I've created this book, I think I said it before that I called it Italian Hours. Before I went on this journey, I knew I was going to do a book and I knew it was going to be called Italian Hours, but I didn't expect it to turn into a visual diary or a visual travel journal. Maybe that Italian Hours will become something else later, potentially, if I choose to write about that particular trip. I'm not sure if that's necessary at the moment. And I guess something else I should mention before I share some of my pages. Sometimes to get the creative impulse going, I would read through my travel journals that I wrote while I was away. There was just something that triggered off that memory and a thought process around what I was going to write about for the photo. Because that's the thing, like I did that trip over a year ago now. And so I'm not as fresh as I was, you know, perhaps a year ago, I need to be reminded. So I'll go back and read something that I wrote in Bologna or something that I wrote in Venice and and totally get into that mood, which is really fun. So it's a really beautiful project, you know, because what is it about travel? You know, we pay all this money. We go all of this way out of our way to have an experience. And then we have these two-dimensional photographs and they're just sitting there on our phone. Most of the time these days, Doing not much, turning it into this a kind of book is very rewarding. Going back and getting ignited again over reading the journals really helps. You know, I'm going to read you a few different pages of things that I've written. I'll read you like four different pages, and you'll see that I've actually gone about this in lots of different ways. I have, in a way, written it towards publishing for some reason. Like, I feel like I've got like a, a second party here who's reading it. And so I've written it in a style that, that someone's taking this in, I guess, if that makes any sense. My point being, I've written it like a book so that anybody could pick it up and see where I'm coming from. I guess I wanted to say that, you know, you might wonder what you're going to write about. And so that was a really good way to get the energies moving and the thoughts processing around what to write. Obviously, not all of us are natural writers. And, you know, we all get stuck here and there. We all kind of have our minds elsewhere. So this just worked for me. Then it's also looking at the photograph and talking about what's in the photo. And then there's also another option where you can Google something about the city of Padua in the Veneto and write just literally off Wikipedia. You might just want to use you know things that you find off Google and put quotation marks and just say something very matter of fact. So there's lots of options. And I kind of integrate all different things. So I will look in my guidebooks, I will look in my diaries and I will also leave it up to the moment depending how inspired I feel. Now, I don't always feel that inspired, but I really love being creative. And if it isn't obvious already, I feel better when I've been creative every day, even if it's only for 15 minutes. I just feel like I need to be creative. It keeps some kind of momentum going in my life that there's something juicy that I'm tapped into. And having a few projects around me makes me feel, I guess it makes me feel like my life has more meaning or something. Like I could do 10 different things and I juggle them all. Sometimes get a little blocked, no doubt, about putting myself out there or expressing it a certain way. Like I could do a podcast every week about things in my life, but is anybody really interested? Maybe not. So I don't do it. I guess there's that critic still there, but at the same time, I think creativity is really a yummy place to be and a real joy. And something like this kind of project, you get left with a beautiful keepsake at the end, and that's a really special memento to carry you forward and get you dreaming about the next trip. And sometimes it's beautiful too, because you might not get to go on these journeys that often, but you really have marinated in the experience and taken everything from it. And I think a book like a travel journal taps into that. So you get the most out of it. Anyway, so I'm going to read you a a page from Venice. No doubt I had this worry if traveling alone in a city like Venice was a good idea. The thin cramped alleyways, the Kali, the constant zigzagging between buildings, the back streets, the canals, the bridges, the islands, all of it had me more than curious. Indeed, I did get lost every day, but only a little lost, enough to find my way back to the Centro, the Fondamenta, the Piazza. Fortunately, these days, we are dazzled with our technology and gadgets that the solo traveller can mostly get out of a pickle. Having a good data plan, therefore, is wise in a city like Venice, where following a map would send you mad with so many small streets, via Ostrata, so I learnt to stay close to my albergo at night, so not to wrestle with fatigue and stress. Lucky in Venice it overflows with cafes, restaurants and wine bars, and I am at home everywhere. So that's one beautiful page from Venice. going to turn a few pages here. Okay, so this page is from Genova, and... I'll post these pictures so you know exactly what I'm talking about. The beauty of Italy is in the stopping to look up. Admire a street facade and, yes, take the photo. It really is the simple things, eyes open, watching the people, the signs on the streets, the details. In Genova, I adore the historic centre, where flourishes of the Baroque and the endless alleyways called Carucci take you down long corridors and spit you out in a piazza you never knew existed. Genova is not traditionally beautiful, but mirrors the years as a port city. Most powerful in all of Italy, a maritime stronghold that yields many influences in the city, a multicultural hub, and beauty that has faded, yet still has its colours and its charms. Milano, the Last Supper. On my first day in Italy, I had a ticket booked for Leonardo da Vinci. It was funny, since I booked the ticket before the actual flight. The thing is, I knew I had to see it. After breakfast at the Hotel Regina, I thought I would walk to the museum next to the Basilica of Santa Maria della Grazie, but soon became lost. I hailed a taxi and arrived with enough time for a cappuccino across the street. Inside a small rectory is this Malto Bella masterpiece, a large fresco painted for Ludovico Sforza, the Duke of Milan. The artwork depicts the Last Supper of Jesus with his Twelve Apostles, a fragile work that has been restored in the last 20 years. It is a must-see. So here's more from Milano. In the heart of Milan is Italy's oldest shopping gallery. The Galleria is an architectural marvel and named after Vittorio Emanuele II, Italy's first king of a united Italy from 1861. Walking inside is a dream of designer boutiques, Prada, Dior, Louis Vuitton, more and more. One can help but be swept up in the magic and grandeur, from the mosaic floor to the glass vaulted ceiling. The legacy of the history and the glamour retail inside is enough to alert the senses. If overwhelmed, you can stop for a frosted cocktail at one of the many luxe cafes. In Milano, no one goes unnoticed, an elegant display is honourable. Just watch out for the selfie generation or jump in with them. The floor is yours. (laughs) I love Milano. And I love that gallery with all those fashion boutiques. The high-end fashion is quite sumptuous for the eye. Okay, one more. Chiquetti time in Venice. Bacala and speck with brie crostini, a wine poured out of a jug. The ombre hours have begun. The great life of a bon vivant. Yes, that would be me. I could exist like this happily. Although I do notice there are mostly men in this room, perhaps secret men's business. Venice continues to unfold. I try a glass of Fragolino wine, sweeter, lighter. I think it has a little to do with something about strawberries. Some baccala in umido on a plate. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets plays on the stereo. I am humming. I am practically levitating. This is Italy. This is happiness. A glass full of joy. A glass definitely half full. Yes to Italian life. Yes to a place to rest and just be. That's Venice for you and so I will leave you the show notes at Life, and you will see how I created my travel journal step by step and have fun be playful get creative get out of your head do something different put some music on and create an art page why not end if you enjoyed this, you can help support this podcast and donate to support the podcast at Johnston.life. So I'll see you next time with something else. Ciao.